0: south coast look i know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen AM 14, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt
1: Costa.
2: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here with the aforementioned Matt Costa, also known as the Silent Assassin. Are you still a Silent Assassin? I suppose. It's been a few weeks. It's a new year. I don't know if you want to have a new nickname. No? No. Okay, I just threw your WBSM live promos over there. Okay. Because they're in my way of seeing when you turn the mics on. So if you feel the need to do any live promos, you're gonna to have to bend over there and get them.
1: All right.
2: So I know you are the one man live promo machine. I am. I figured since you're sick, I'm gonna to try to make you talk a lot more than usual. You
3: just already so did you that. Can,
2: yeah, we just want to make sure he infects so that microphone.
3: I throw up all over the board.
2: Yeah. Well, we're gonna give people more a little than bit. Usual. A little, do a little inside radio here for the listeners. Matt is actually the producer of the program, which means he produces everything while the rest of us monkeys just sit here and go along for the ride. He's sitting behind the board and he's using the main microphone that all the other hosts here at WBSM use. So, you know, we find out that he's ill, we don't bother to ask him to maybe use a different microphone or pull it away. No, we want you to infect that and get everybody sick because then we can come in and fill in for them and we can have a lot more hours of Spooky South Coast to make up for those last two weeks they took from us.
3: Genius. You're a diabolical one, Mr. I am. Weisberg.
2: I am. <laughs> And I'm going to get fired. And uh, so, at least for the next two hours I'm here until somebody uh calls up and, and tells me to go home. And Jeff Belanger is here with us this month.
3: Hey, great to be so back. I didn't
2: mean to skip over you, Science Advisor Matt Moniz, but no, I'm not no. used to you being in the studio. It's been so long <laughs> since we've all been here. It's been at least two weeks. At least. So Jeff is here with us for his uh monthly co-hosting gig.
3: Yes, it is. It's great to be back. It's uh, awful weather, and so thank you for having me come down. Of course, next week, uh,
2: uh, next month, it'll be a tsunami.
3: (laughs) Right, I have no doubt. But no, it's uh, good to see you guys as always, and I'm sure it's going to be riveting. Uh, I have no doubt it always is.
2: You know, and and we're lucky that we have you here tonight for this particular episode because we're going to get into it. Uh, when it comes to the quote unquote reality tv shows that that deal with the paranormal and uh joining us in a little while on the phone is going to be Lindsay Malone who is part of an organization called Americans Against Reality TV and uh
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name i mean <laughs> seriously
2: it is although the you know the acronym stuff doesn't really work out you know no. the, uh, the right. ax right sounds like a noise my grandmother makes but you know it, it's it, it's a good concept to 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 kind of be against An influx and an overflow of reality TV, but Lindsay's kind of against all reality TV, which is uh, which is interesting. So we'll get into that with her because you know Jeff, you have another role in the paranormal field besides being an author, besides being the mayor of Ghost Village, doing speaking engagements and appearing on Maury Povich and everything else that you that you do. I'm a songwriter. And a songwriter. Oh right, right, right. (laughs) But you're also
3: uh, you're one of the I work on one of
2: these television shows and. That's out there. You're, you're part of the team that uh, puts together a television show.
3: Right. Yeah, uh, the uh, Ghost Adventure Show on the Travel Channel, which airs Friday nights at 9 I'm, o'clock. Uh, I'm doing uh, writing and research for the show.
2: Well, and I know you're listed in the credits as a writer, but mm-hmm. I mean, do you put a focus more on being the researcher more than the actual writing aspect of it? Yeah.
3: I mean, don't be confused. I don't script the whole show. Um, my role is basically uh, help them find the locations, or if if it's a location they picked – uh, learn all we can learn about it, you know, make sure we get the history right for that first segment of the show where we go over uh, through voiceovers. We go over some of the history we meet some of the people on camera, so i 'm looking for some of the folks who can talk about the history, talk about the hauntings, talk about the kind of uh, events that took place there and uh, and that 's the part I mainly work on and then uh, the the production team takes it from there
2: now, in your role in doing that, do you kind of put uh being a respe, be, you, you know what's good. You know what's good TV. You yeah. know what's good writing. You know, you know, you know what sells. You know what people are interested in. But in that capacity, do you try to look for people who are going to be, you know, good for the TV program, or you're looking for people who are going to be good for telling this paranormal story?
3: You know, I mean, th- there's a there's a couple of the good news is we don't talk to just one person, mm-hmm. so it's not like one person has to tell the whole story. So, you know, in some cases, if I find someone who's really great on the history. Um, you know, they may even say, like, hey, I don't know anything about ghosts. And we'll say, that's fine. We won't, we won't even ask you to talk about that. Just talk about what you know, and that is the history, the location, or, or whatever. Um, and then other cases, we've got someone who knows very little about the place but has a really compelling, um, you know, experience to talk about. And so that's the nice thing is we can balance it. We don't have to sum it up in one person. It can be, you know, sometimes six, seven, eight people, uh, depending on the episode and the location.
2: Because okay, that's – I mean, that's the thing. is like with, with a lot of these shows, we're not really sure where the editing eye comes in. You know, does it come in with the researcher? Does it come in with the, the writers and, and, and the investigators? Does it come in with the producers? It, that's I think that's something that if – enough of these programs were a little bit more upfront about how they were constructed, then I think the paranormal community might come down, calm down a little bit about some of these programs.
3: Well, you know what's funny? Now that I've I've worked on one, and we're on our second season now, and so... Um,
2: Congratulations
3: I, I, uh, on that. Thanks. You know, I, I mean, I don't claim to be a TV expert or insider or anything else. Uh, I have very limited experience, except that I've been on a few shows, uh, I've got a few friends that work in television, and, and so I know how those shows go. Um if you just pay attention you could probably distill down what the formula is for any one of these mm-hmm. shows i mean there's you know there is a formula and and there's a reason that there has to be a formula it has to be familiar you have to know that oh well this is that show that i watch every week um th- there's 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 magic to it <laughs> you know but um but the reality is excuse the pun is that these are you know these are our our shows that uh, are entertaining they're watched by lots of people, and uh, and they're pulling in ratings, and and that's why I'm so interested to talk to our guest tonight, is because, you know, you can be against them, and I certainly understand. There's there's lots of compelling arguments you can make against any one of them, uh, any one of the paranormal shows, any, any one of any show. I mean, not everyone likes The Simpsons, but geez, longest running, you know, exactly yeah. animated show ever.
2: There, there's two points I'll make though about the, um, what we were just talking about, I and mean, I lost track of what we were just talking about. When it comes to the, uh, the the editing process and the, right. form, the formula of the program, uh, there's two points that I'll make. One is you kind of have to have that formula for it to follow because it's not a scripted drama where people are getting in in episode one and following a continuous story. They right. have to be able to jump in and be able to discern what's going on. So what might seem repetitive to you, for example – you know, we heard Jason and Grant joking around about it last week. How many times are you going to explain what EVP stands for? But you have to because each episode there's what new What does viewers. EVP stand for? That's electronic voice phenomena. Oh, thanks. Yes. Got it. And, and then the other point with that is, too, why it's edited the way that it's edited is you have a finite period of time. Right. And you have to, you know, follow that. Tension building. We've all seen. We've all taken English classes where we followed the model of the hill, you know, build to the climax, and then you have the conclusion. You know, sure. and we need to follow that uh, with a, an hour long or a half an hour long TV program and you still have to have time for the commercials, the opening credits, the o- closing credits.
3: And not only that, you have to cliffhang around the commercials. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's how it works. You need people to watch those commercials and you need them to come back afterward. And so, yeah, that's all part of it. And so as far as editing goes, yeah, I mean, I don't even pretend to know what goes on in the editing room, but it, but you have to you have to take people's stories, you have to distill it down to you know, quick. You, you don't have a lot of time with, with television. I mean, you've got either 22 minutes if you're a half-hour show, or maybe you've got 44, you know, give or take a minute or two on either direction. Um, to tell that story, you've got to work in the commercials, and, you know, you've you got to hook people up front. You've got to have them stay with you, and, and you want them to, to watch it again the next time. And that's how any television show works, any of them.
2: But when I was, you know, I've been a lifelong fan of Saturday Night Live. I've always enjoyed it. I've, I've loved the program. I've loved what they do. Even when it was crap, I was still interested in the process of how they put on this program. And... It wasn't until I actually watched a documentary on like A and E or Bravo or something where they showed the actual week-long process of creating that show that I came to really appreciate it, really understand the inner workings of it. And I think if kind of maybe if we gave people that bone, the paranormal investigators could have that opportunity to see how these other groups are adapting what they do for a television program. Then they might see, you know, okay, fine, you know, there still is the paranormal research being done. It's just being presented in this way. Imagine if you know any investigator out there took all. All their their case files, all their all their video evidence, and just handed it over to a producer and said, "Make a TV show out of this." How do you think it's going to be presented? It's not going to be, you know, a documentary like you would have done yourself. It's going to be TV,
3: right? Yeah, like we were saying at dinner tonight. You know, if you ever were to make a television show that was about true paranormal research, it would be <laughs> so boring. There'd be like one thousand viewers, which would. Pretty much sink any television show and any network so fast, <laughs> you know. If they're like, "Oh, we pulled in a thousand viewers last night," I don't. Not only do I want them off the air, I want them killed, <laughs> you know. Like,
2: but that brings up an interesting point, though. Now every Halloween we have a live episode of Ghost Hunters, right? Where we're supposedly undergoing this, you know, what it's like to actually be on an investigation. Have a buildup of activity right around the different breaks or right around the different scene changes, and you know, the as Grant was saying last week, the music conveniently kicks in when something paranormal is about to go on so that you know when to pay attention
3: they have that orchestra right on the side (laughs) right out of camera just getting ready like but they're
2: still the only people in the room that's what's funny about it all right well we have the vip line is ringing so why don't we take a break when we come back we'll join in with our guest Lindsay malone the americans against reality tv and and she's going to give us her perspective on paranormal reality programming and you know maybe we'll even have her and jeff slug it out a little bit
3: (laughs) no no (laughs)
2: Come on. All right, maybe a little. All right, there we go. All right, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Real, real, real. That's what we're talking about tonight here on Spooky South Coast. What is real? What's what's real about reality programming? Is reality programming hurting television? Is it hurting the paranormal field? We're going to get into all of that with our guest, Lindsay Malone. We also want to hear from you as well. The phone lines will be open throughout this discussion. Feel free to give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508 291 Zero five hundred for wear him in the Cape. Those numbers, of course, posted right up on the front of SpookySouthCoast.com. dot com, and you can also email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast dot com. We can get your email right here in the spooky studio, and we can, you know, read it on your behalf if you want us to to throw in a cheap shot at somebody or. <laughs> <laughs> Get involved in the discussion that way. Feel free to email us. So, all right, joining us on the line right now is Lindsay Malone. She's worked in in the television and radio industry uh, for a number of years, and she's got kind of an insider's perspective to things. And she's also, you know, a, a fan of television. And that's you know, that's who we really need to talk to when it comes to this: is who are the people that watch these programs. And I think that she's going to be a good spokesperson uh, for that group. She runs something known as the Americans Against Reality TV and uh, yeah, I, I watch a lot of reality TV, but I, I can almost si- see myself signing petitions that she might be uh, passing out. Good evening, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm in the spooky studio, huh? Oh yeah, we're spooktacular here. And we we <laughs> like to we like to keep things spooky uh, as much as we can. It's called, you know, as you know from working in radio, they call it branding the brain. You know, keep. Yes, uh,
4: yes, keep, I'm,
2: I'm aware. Keep... That's why we have the alliteration. You know, spooky South Coast. It's easier for people to remember.
4: Yes, and you know, it, it's, 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 you're doing the formula, just like he was talking about. You know, you gotta throw your little, little cliches out there spooky studio, spooky show. It's very cute. I like it, actually. I might
2: listen next week. Thank you, yes. Yeah, so oh, that's, we've that's, just doubled the <laughs>
3: listenership. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, you've got another, uh, listener.
2: That, I mean, that, but that's the thing, you know, and that's what we see in a lot of these television programs. And that's even why, you know, sitcoms are so formulaic even because you have to give people something, as Jeff was saying before, that's familiar, that they can get used to, can get accustomed to and just can become, you know, part of their family. And that's what we try to do here. We try to make sure that we give them a comfortable format so that when we bring them the subject matter that we talk about, it's a little bit easier to digest. You know, if we give you this hopefully entertaining program every week, then if we want to start talking about, you know, crazy ufo abductee people who are walking around with tinfoil hats then we're hoping no offense Matt. hey i have a neighbor <laughs> you have a neighbor that that's been abducted well
4: he's got tinfoil on the window oh. i think it's to keep him out i'm not sure
2: i think that's for the digital tv conversion next month <laughs> i think that's gonna work so you know you, you've worked in the in the television industry and and now you're kind of anti-reality TV. how did you get to this perspective
4: well, um, I worked in, in, in television for a long time, um, and what happened was, I'll give you you know a little background, and I'm sure everyone here already knows that. Something called the writer's strike happened, and oh, yeah. the networks were bound and determined to prove to the writers they didn't need them. So in that they went and looked at other things you know mtv was the initial reality tv person with the real world Mm -hmm. and you know all the teenagers were watching it it was a big deal but it was like the one and only reality thing on in in the very beginning and so the, the 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 network execs thought, you know, I got to do something cheap, I got to do something quick just to keep us going while the riders strike and while we fight out a new contract. And so they created this reality stuff and I think the first thing that popped out was um, uh American Idol and uh Survivor and and uh, they did pretty well, you know, and people kind of liked them. They were something different. And um, I really wasn't into either one of them, but you know, I could see how People enjoyed them. But then they just started throwing them. The writer's strike ended, and they just kept throwing them at us. You know, you know the world's greatest loser, the great race, who can get their cat to dance. I mean, you know, just you name it, they came up with it. I think they put just about everything on TV.
2: Look, Lindsay, my cat's a hell of a dancer, and it's about time he got his due. That was a great show.
4: Yeah, (laughs) mine won it, by the way. I know I'm kind of kind of...
2: I'm oh, a hard. hypocrite
4: here. But, um, but the deal is, is that um, they found a way – the network execs, in my opinion, okay, got greedy. And they thought, hmm, we've got a lot of people watching this stuff. It's really cheap to make. We don't have to hire the same amount of crew because we don't need writers. We don't need scripts, um, supervisors. We don't need certain things. So um, we can do – 24 episodes for the cost of one of, um, you know, like uh, Desperate Housewives. So let's do it, and then we'll just pocket the rest of the money. And that's a lot of how Hollywood looks at things now out there. So what happens with people like me that do all different forms um, of work on on the set, from, you know, assistant producer all the way down to craft service, I've done it all, um, you know, we weren't needed. And if we were needed, they gave us these ridiculous day rates. We went from, you know and this is not you know, and don't tell me I'm crying in my milk. You know, you get you're used to getting paid six to eight hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good rate, you know. And then they, they want you to come to work for two hundred dollars a day. Well, you live on the other. So how can you do that? Yeah, I mean, you know? it's important. to so No, you're not
2: working 365 days a year at this either. You're working, you know, when the production is, when when right. the show is in production.
4: Right. So you know, so 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 say you luck out and you end up on a series. I ended up on several series, um, and and you you know you've got regular work and you have the you know you have your hiatus time and during hiatus time you go do a movie you know or you do whatever, but. It became fewer and fewer series and so more of us were going after the movies and then, then the really good productions, the real quality productions like, you know, there's some really good shows out there like House and 24 and stuff like that. Some of those are still in LA, but they've got their, they've got their staff. You know, like a lot of the 24 staff and the House staff come from the X-Files because, you know, that went off the air. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but some of the other quality programs, they left altogether. They didn't want to mess with any of this, just went to Vancouver. So, no unions. you know, we went to almost, you know, 80% reality to, you know, 80% reality and 10% of what wasn't reality went to Vancouver. So there was really a lot of us are out of work. You know, and, and so it's upsetting. And so I threw that page up as a joke, and it took off, and a lot of people really agree with me. They really don't like it. Anyone with a brain can't watch it.
2: Well, and it's getting worse too because, you know, now the announcement is because of the economy and because of the way you know these these dramas and, and and sitcoms have started to cost. They're going to scale that back even more, and NBC is going to be the forerunner of this, getting rid of the ten o'clock scripted drama that they've had for years, and, and sticking Jay Leno in that slot because you know they're just going to pay celebrity scale to come on the show.
3: Yeah, but consider this too: the the major networks continue year after year now to lose viewers. They're losing viewers. Yes, I mean I,
4: I, I'm, I'm cable. I don't. I rarely go. I only go there for certain shows. And the rest of the time, I go to the USA Network. The only, the only network that never has ever thrown reality at
2: me, ever. <laughs> well, I just want to throw that in there. No, that's great.
3: You know, I, I for the even record, though,
2: even though, hold on now, even though they have the number one rated program on cable television, Monday Night Raw, and I don't know where you're going to stick that when it comes to being scripted okay, or being I reality. I in
4: wrestling in the very, very beginning of my career, and those guys are a big joke, and it's all, nobody's, it's not real. What? It's a show. What? Well... All right, it's we, a show. You
2: heard it here first. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I I, 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 used so, I wasn't supposed to tell you. I'm going to be killed. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest
2: with you, Lindsay. I'll be up front with you. I actually, I'm a journalist by trade, and I covered pro wrestling for a number of years. I had a syndicated pro wrestling column, and and you know, it's called Inside Wrestling, and I tried to get as inside as I could. And and I will say, you know, it is scripted. What people don't understand, though, is they're just you know, they're stuntmen that developed characters. Right. Is essentially, it's that what they same
4: are. old chairs. They remember. I, I don't know if you remember in Dallas they had a sportatorium where the Von Erichs worked. Oh yeah, yeah. Now and, they're all dead, uh, they so what's that for? they had the same old reality? chair that they used to pull out and hit each other with for years. And it was all scripted, and everybody knew when to move and all that stuff. But the deal is, is that they do get angry with each other. But in the back, they're smoking a cigarette, laughing about it. Oh yeah. Well, maybe not smoking a cigarette. That's politically incorrect. But they're in the back. The water The, politi- bong, the I think.
2: politically correct term is
3: doobie. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was a uh, hooch.
4: Yeah, that's probably what they're doing. But, but 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 they do yeah, that is reality TV in a, in a, in a lot of ways, but it's been around forever and there's a lot of people that view that and maybe those are
2: the people that are watching these shows but I, well I'll, I'll be honest with you here too I keep saying that quite a bit yeah, like, just, like I'm never not honest I, I just feel like because she's holding just, television accountable she's going to hold me accountable no, as well no just get to it okay we're well, radio w- <laughs> right when, when, when I was uh, you know growing up and, and, and watching these programs you know you, you kind of smelled something a little bit fishy and that's kind of the same thing that's permeating the paranormal field uh, when it comes to paranormal reality TV shows and it's kind of it's the same thing as wrestling i look at and no offense to anybody out there that's a fan of, of of either genre because i am but you know the lowest common denominator factor i call it that seems to be what watches these types of programs right a- and the people who the you demographic know,
4: is is it is, is going to be your smoker going to be you know no offense you to, can tell that, yeah, but, you
2: can tell by the advertising of what they're putting in these programs
4: yeah yeah and i know re- and see but, see, this is where, you know, I, I did my research today. I, I took this seriously about coming on your show. I've done some other interviews about reality TV, and, and I wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on. And mm-hmm. so um, I have popped by these shows on TV. Now, I don't stay very long. You don't get me even long enough to co- to a commercial, okay? I watch it for a second, and I can't watch it anymore.
2: Well, then you miss the evidence, if you haven't made well, it. Because that always no, comes out after the commercial. I,
4: I, watch, I got online today, and here's my question. Jeff, you are on the hot seat. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Why does the the, the the spirit always have to be evil?
3: Uh, and are you talking about on the Ghost Adventure show? Yes. Because that's more interesting. Any other questions?
4: Okay, well, you
3: know. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, and I don't know if you caught the very first part of our show, but um, my job is to find the locations and research the history, which is something I've been doing for books right. for, for, you know, over a decade now. And, uh, and it uh, and seems the, like
4: you're sticking to penitentiaries, psychiatric wards, yes. um, places where well, really awful, terrible yeah, things happen.
3: That is indeed the formula you but figured But there's a reason for that, Jeff. Yeah, the, the, the idea is that the uh, the team goes in and they like to provoke what might be there and might be bad. Well, what well, the deal
4: that, is, though, is that I watched a couple of your clips. Uh-huh. And listening to the story um, about a man that was gang raped in a prison. You told people? <laughs> and murdered, or something. It was something like that. And just the story gives you bad energy. That doesn't mean there's a ghost there. Just hearing that story is like, ooh, that's awful. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know.
3: Sure. Yeah. No. I,
4: I, so why? I hear... So what? What? What makes you believe there's really? So then you get out your little EVP. I, I heard. You, you I heard do. About you this
3: do thing. understand I'm not on the show, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, I understand. Okay. Okay. Good. But you work with it. Right. And my question is. You get your little EVP out, and then you ask the ghost to come to the light. Now, why is a ghost going to step up to the mark and perform for the TV?
2: Oh, well, wait a minute here. I, uh, Jeff, I'm going I'm to take you off the hot seat a little bit here because – I can be a little bit more objective in my answer. You're going to come at it from a television point of view. Yep. I just want to get the paranormal point of view in here first for a minute. Okay. Uh, first of all, the reason why they go to these locations that you're talking about, Matt Moniz is here as well. He's uh, one of our co-hosts. He's been doing this for over 25 years. He's been to these places. The reason why you go to these locations, Lindsay, is because – For some reason there's been an imprint of energy there. That there has been negative things that have happened and negative tends to imprint a location with energy a lot more than positive. And then why why when you turn these devices on do you seem to get this evidence? It's because a lot of the times whatever's there is waiting to make contact until somebody shows up and says, you know, here's your way to do it.
3: And something else how do you
4: know you haven't scared somebody on your crew to death and you're just picking up his energy?
3: Well, the other part of it too, just to, you know, to further elaborate on this particular show, and that's all I can comment on, um, the locations we're going to also have haunted reputations, meaning that, you know, other people have made accounts there, that, that we, there are witnesses that have come forward about these locations, so it's not just us going in and saying this must be haunted, I mean, the reputation's already there, uh, this crew's just well, why, checking it out. How come
4: nobody ever comes face to face with like Casper the Friendly Ghost?
3: That happens well, that, all the time, well, yeah, but that's not numerous... the formula of this show.
4: Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But it just seems, um, because that you, you know, there's there's another show on that I actually watch, and it's a documentary, and it's about haunted places. I don't know exactly the name of it. I, I don't know if Discovery does it or the History Channel does it. And um, it's a documentary where they go around, and there's a narrator, and they show ghosts, that you know, from the, the the civil war and places like that and they tell the stories and they tell about things that have happened in these museums and stuff like that but they don't make it out to be this evil spirit or whatever and it's actually more believable it's interesting.
2: Well, see, it there's... It makes you think. People in the paranormal field, a number of paranormal investigators that I know personally, look at those type of programs and say, you know, that's counterproductive to what it is that we're doing because they're presenting a story. They're telling, you know, a ghost story but around with the each, campfire, with more or less. With
4: each haunting, there is a story. If there's going to be... If there's a spirit there, there had to have been a story that put him there. See, now, I believe in the paranormal world. Mm-hmm. I had a ghost cat that lived in my house for a while. You're crazy. And, I mean, I know that sounds insane, but okay. I... Think I truly believe that there was this cat in my house because some strange things went on, and and I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm insane or anything, but I I just do believe that there are ghosts out there, and I do believe that they make they make um, they make contact with us. But I don't necessarily believe that these evil. You go into these evil places, and that you're going to be able. The one that upset me the worst was Dead Famous. Oh, hold on. We're going to get into
2: that in a few minutes. Yeah. We can definitely get okay. into that in a few minutes. Um,
4: but what? I don't really truly believe that, that that you're going to go into this prison. And um, like I said, I, I watched the clips to give you guys a chance. I went to Ghost Hunters. Um, I watched some of theirs. Um, I watched the Paranormal State pre, uh, premiere, uh, you know, their little teaser. And... Um, I see what you're doing. You're basically sitting around a campfire with a flashlight in each other's face trying to scare little kids or something. I mean, that's, well, that's that, kind of what it looks like to me. Hold on. That's a,
2: that's a very broad generalization. We'll get back to that in a second, though. Jeff, you're going to
3: no, I I, here's the thing. You, you, know, you don't have to like the shows, and I'm not going to sit here and defend them. I mean, by all means, don't watch them. I, I don't watch hardly any television at all, and unless they're going to put a paranormal show in between a Patriots football game, I probably am not going to see it. But here's the thing. Uh Ghost Adventures, f- for whatever reason, is the number one show on the Travel Channel, higher rated than anything else on that entire network. And people are watching. You can hate it, and that's totally cool, but a lot of people are, are being entertained. And now, are we talking
4: in. Nielsen ratings?
3: Yeah, I mean that's the the,
4: Nielsen has been really questioned lately
2: Niel- Nielsen Nielsen's truly a believing dinosaur the numbers on those
3: anymore I, all I can tell you is Travel Channel is telling us it's their number one show and they bought season well,
2: two hold, hold on Lindsay too that's I, good I agree
3: yeah, with what you're saying though I'm Niel- happy to be employed
2: Nielsen is a dinosaur in today's age of DVR and everything but uh, I'll say this much when it comes to paranormal programming if you started to factor in DVR web views cable uh, you know uh, iTunes downloads and all that stuff paranormal shows would be even more popular because that's how most people that I know know that are in the field watch it but but getting back for a minute to what you were talking about about how everything seems to be evil i mean you've worked on on a number of tv shows it, everything that you film in in production of these tv shows doesn't make it to air things are edited to 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 fit the story that is being presented and that's what happens with these you, you can go to a, a a location and have you know the best experience ever with a ghost where you get tons of great evidence but it's just not that much of a hook for viewers to watch
4: Well, see, that's where I think that, you know, if you're just, if you're going to, if you're saying it's real, if you're saying there's really a ghost here Mm -hmm. and we're really communicating with him, and then you're like, well, it's just not that interesting, so let's edit it out and make it different, then it's, it's crap. It's not the truth. You see what I'm saying?
1: Oh, you're yes. trying to tell me
4: a true story, but yet it's not that interesting, so you're going to edit it and make it but, but something no, else.
2: The, the fact that they only presented the negative part of it doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means that they chose to show you the part that they felt was more interesting. I mean, I, we, how many times, Matt Moniz, have we gotten positive, enlightening messages from EVPs? We play them in a group, yeah, that's nice, and then you play them the one where the ghost tells us yeah. to go F themselves, and the whole room says, Whoa!
5: Exactly. We've gotten, you know, Mommy, I love you, and, you know, the warm, heartening things. Uh, and especially when you're dealing with the personal cases in the private homes and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, when you've got the stuff like the jails and, you know, the place where tragedies happen, of course you're going to yeah, get. Not a the, lot of the, happy people are yeah. in jail and institutions. Right. Well, it I, seems
4: like that's the only place you go. And, and again, I, I, I guess it's the demographic because I know I'm not watching it and I know no one that I know is watching that stuff.
3: Okay. It's because not for you. It's just. I don't watch it's, Lifetime. It's, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm? I don't watch Lifetime. It's not for me. I don't watch Lifetime
4: either. Well, I, mean, I but actually just... watch things like Twenty Four, House, CSI. I don't watch any you know, of
3: that. I, I, I,
4: you don't. You don't get the what
3: you say. No, I don't watch any of it. I, I don't watch. I don't watch television. I, I mean, I'm a well, reader and a writer. You know,
4: and... I unfortunately um, like it. You know, I like a good a good program. Oh, there's nothing unfortunate and... about
2: it. No, that's what it's there for. That's what it exists for. And and. Uh, believe me nobody is sad to see these scripted tv shows go more than i'm i'm a tv junkie as little time as i have i love to sit and be entertained by the idiot box it's i love the stories that are being presented i love the characters i love the fact that you can escape through television right and and i you can
4: record it now and watch it when you have time and and it's just that there's not anything i mean the the only good thing that they came out with last season or, or i guess last whatever was life on mars that was fantastic Uh, now
2: i agree great show except
4: everything else was terrible and i was looking at this stuff going and they were talking about how great and they kept some of it on and i was like i can't believe this made it to the next to
2: the next level well there's so many shows that that end up not getting enough of a chance and and we could get into a whole different show about that but you know look at life on mars you brought that up i watch it great program but what is it it's a rehashing of a of a british tv show it's an idea that's being co-opted from someplace else because it's a proven formula that works It's an american knockoff exactly and and that's you know that's what a lot of these reality shows are too but you know, that's what television has kind of devolved to. The creativity isn't there, well, so the, the reality comes in and fills in the gap.
5: I look at it this way. I mean, you, you've got these shows that she likes, uh, which to me is like the person that wants to eat the condensed Campbell soup, something that's already pre-made. And you've got other people that don't want to watch these reality TV shows, which would be going to the Food Channel watching how the soup is made. You know,
2: exactly. it's, it's, it's a matter of preference. Lindsay, we have a call on the line if you want to take that call. Okay. All right. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing?
0: How's it going, guys?
2: All right. You have an, an opinion about reality paranormal programming?
0: Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Should I
4: be
0: oh, scared? And actually, Lindsay, it's been great listening to you. But actually, Jeff, it's been great listening to your side of the thing, too. Um, oh, thanks. Um, as far as paranormal reality, um, it, it's kind of like uh, military intelligence. You know, it's the old... Uh, <laughs> we just don't go together real well.
1: A non
5: sequitur. <laughs> uh, right.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm as sure as Matt and um, and Tim and even Jeff can attest to. If you've been out on a case, and Jeff was mentioning it earlier, most of the time nothing happens. You right. Know, it's a lot of nothing. And if you did put it a week. you wouldn't have a show.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'd be the most boring show ever.
4: So yep. what you're telling me is that you you do what they do in wrestling?
5: <laughs> no. What what you're looking at on those shows is the magic of editing. Most of the what's occurring is eight hours of sitting there in a the dark, waiting for something. Well, no, to No,
2: even beyond Ghost Hunters, as we know from from,
5: is actually days of recording. Yeah, it's place. M- it's
2: multiple. So when days he was
4: asking him to come towards the light, if you're here, I started laughing and fell off my chair. Well, well, no, hold no on, hold they on. don't They'd,
5: all do that. They don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Number uh, number two, that's how you get reaction. You ask it to do something. He's asking it to come towards the light. Sometimes we ask somebody's particular investigation investigation technique. Yeah.
4: Well, you know, uh, Melinda on the Ghost Whisperer, she's always telling them to go towards the light. now I believe that
2: more than I believe (laughs) you.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, well, that's fine. I mean, you, you,
2: you don't, don't know go. what Ghost Whisperer is, do you? No, we do, and no, it's no. actually Ghost Whisperer is actually based on the actual real life work of Marianne Wachowski, who's right, the right. "quote unquote" real Ghost Whisperer. James who, Van
3: Prog is one of the uh, James Van Prog fans. is one of the don't yeah he's know. one of the
2: advisors to it, and these are people that actually go out, and that is a technique that does work for them. And they actually go out there, and they can help spirits move on, you know, from wherever they're stuck into the other realm, and that's what this investigator is using on that particular. Program.
3: Also, I, I want to be clear. I'm not here to defend Ghost Adventures or any paranormal show. Oh, I, mean, I know.
2: I'm not trying yeah. to pick on you directly. Oh, no, no. no. You just... can
3: you can pick all you want, but I'm just saying. Like, you know, some people like them, and and the reality is here. Here's here's a couple of facts. You know, back in the 1980s, there was only a couple and three networks, right? And they had 75 percent of TV viewers during prime time. Today, right. today it's less than half because there's so many channels, which is great on the one hand. Like if you're into military, there's a military channel. You know, If you're into food right. and you just like food and nothing but food, there's a whole food network for you, and that's awesome. But you know what's funny is that we, TV continues to get diluted, continues to lose viewers. And you know what reality TV is competing with today? YouTube. There's a little girl on my street. I swear to God, she's seven years old, and she was telling me, my mom lets me watch one hour of YouTube a night.
4: <laughs> my bird's
3: on YouTube. <laughs> well, everybody's on YouTube. But, but 10 years ago, she would have been saying, my mom lets me watch one hour of TV a night. So everything is chipping away at this big behemoth that is TV. And what fuels TV? One thing and one thing only. Commercials. Com- no, commercials. Viewers? Commercials who they really viewers don't care survive. who's watching Commercials the- are what pay for everything. Without sponsors, without you need viewers so you can sell commercials. Commercials pay for everything. Otherwise, the whole system breaks down. Now, it's harder for big advertisers to reach those viewers. It used to be easy in the 80s.
5: There's always public television. Right,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> but, Again, a whole other episode. Yeah, whole, whole
3: other but so in the 80s, it was easy. You just put a commercial. You're tied. You, you just put a commercial on three networks at, at prime time, and you get 75% of America. Now, it's not as easy. It's it's more expensive, and it's, it's harder to reach and, those and demographics. And that's
4: where the demographic comes in, because if I go and watch your particular show, my dog is deaf. She never barks, but she just barked just now. Hmm. Must be a ghost in the house. Um,
3: <laughs> if it's evil, call me. We'll do an episode. I
4: know. <laughs> well, Otherwise, I know. My cats don't are bother. Freaking out. I have two cats named Sonny and and They're kind of relaxing over here. I don't think it's evil. So, um, But the deal is is that um, that's where I look at your show, and if I did stay for the commercials, I would see things that I that I wouldn't buy.
1: Yeah, I well, mean, there you go. It's you not know, for you.
4: That it, because it's not directed to me. To the way I think, to the way, to the way I shop, to, to, to my lifestyle. I'll tell you this,
2: I watch paranormal programs. I'm interested in what they have to say. I won't watch Paranormal State. You know, I won't watch psychic kids, children on the paranormal. I don't like those television shows. I don't like what they portray and how I they do it. I like back. the people involved with it, though. The people who I know that that I've spoken to that are involved with it. I don't question, you know, them as investigators or or them as, you know, people working in whatever field that they're working in in conjunction with the paranormal. But I don't like the way those shows are presented. It doesn't. I
5: think you hit right on the head there. You're confused. A lot of people are confusing the actual researchers involved with the program versus the production company
4: making it. Mm -hmm. The production company making it turns it into something that is not believable. Maybe you do your research and maybe you've got a really good story and you do a really good job and you bring in, like a a journalist, you come back with great, awesome, like you were saying, and then it goes in and everything ends up on the floor, the edit edit room floor.
2: I I don't mean to cut in, but... I have
4: worked on many series, and we've gotten some great stunts and done some great shots and spent thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars rolling a vehicle or doing a car chase, and it's one second of the show. The whole thing gets ditched, you know, and you're like, wow, we spent so much time and put so much money into that. So I can see where you might be frustrated with that. Well...
2: Hold hold on now though, because people who are involved in that aspect of filmmaking also have to realize. And and caller, I I don't know if you still want to make a, a point or you.
0: Oh well, I had a question actually.
2: Okay, well uh, just let me wrap up this point so just so I don't forget it, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, you know what, what people aren't realizing, and maybe even people in the industry don't realize, is you know the 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 thirty five people that it took to make that explosion happen in four or five years, they're not going to have a job either because they're going to make that same explosion happen digitally. So they just well, need one or uh, two this, computer yeah, animators. Uh,
4: CGI took over years ago. Uh, most of the stunt guys I know are, you know, they're they're doing something else.
2: So, caller, did you you did have another question?
0: Actually, yeah, I did. Um, back when, say, Ghost Hunters was getting really popular here, it was kind of, you could see the um, over, what, about a year and a half span, maybe the jump in interest in the paranormal, people mm-hmm. that were getting involved in investigating and everything else. Sure. Um, as the the series progressed and everything, and you could see the change in the show, where they would go from a lot more of the home and based investigations and stuff to the bigger places, and now the bigger places where they're having conventions every seems like every two or three months or whatever. Um, at what point does these shows that do the old jump the shark? You know, when when do they? Um...
2: <laughs> two years ago. Well, but that's what it's become. It really has become. Let's go to, and I'm not faulting anybody, especially the researchers who find these locations, but it has kind of become, you know, Can we bring this to a place that's accessible to the public? Not because, you know, you want to book a convention there two weeks later. I mean, that's just a a lucky, fortunate byproduct that you can do from this. But because you want to give people a place that if they are into the paranormal, you want to give them a place that they can go in and, and investigate as well. So it's not really so much that you're, you know, trying to move it into more profitable areas as much as it is, you know, first of all, there's only so many private cases that you want to put on TV uh, because either A, they don't want to be on TV, or or B, then you have to start dealing with the people that just want to be on TV.
3: Right, as, and as a, as a paranormal researcher, first and foremost, the, the people that don't want to be on TV – those are always the most interesting cases to me. Exactly. Those are the ones where you're like, wait, you don't want to be on TV? I'll be right over. Yeah. You, you know, let's because yeah. something good is going so, on.
2: So by doing a historic location or a certain location, right. you don't have to worry about that factor of trying to weed out who just wants to be on top. I mean, then you got to worry about the people that are going to start giving you bogus reports just to pimp their business. Yeah,
3: and that happens. And yeah. that's we that's,
2: saw it on Ghost Hunters. It was, I mean, you didn't see because you don't watch these. Things. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was a whole episode where that happened. That
3: happens. I mean, in my book research, when I'm when I'm, I mean, I've had people contact me and say. Hey, come stay for you can stay for free at my inn. It's it's haunted and you know because they're looking for someone to help propagate these legends. Because the reality is that a lot of the researchers for the television shows refer to books like mine and websites like mine. And you so,
2: fourteen oh eight was the Jeff Belanger story.
3: Yeah. People, well, have, I have a question. Yeah.
4: How do you become a paranormal investigator? Is it like a little paranormal investigator school you go to?
3: I got, I've got, i got an answer for you. The, uh, okay. You become a paranormal investigator the same way you become a freelance writer. You wake up in the morning and you say, I'm a freelance writer. Or, hmm. I'm a paranormal investigator. So,
4: right there, you put the credentials of that person right. in question. Yeah, no. No schooling. Right. No education to teach right. them to be an expert on it. Just, Wow. I'm going to go chase around things that might be ghosts.
3: Correct, and occasionally a couple of them might chase you back. A bump
2: in the night, but we'll call it a ghost. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you this: uh, you know, George Bush was president for eight years. I wouldn't invite him back for four more. You know, so <laughs> no. it doesn't necessarily mean education and an experience doesn't necessarily make. You know, it, it's it's good to have, but it, it, in a field like paranormal investigation, where you know there is no, I, I guess we can. See,
3: there's no central governing body or anything like that. And no.
2: there is—that's well, well, apparent. I mean, there, there you know, is no accrediting God? and no irrefutable evidence. I mean, everything yeah. is is refutable to some degree. Of you know, there's, there's but
5: you can argue that with anything, though, right? Yeah.
4: Now, I've witnessed the Marfa lights. Have you witnessed those in Texas?
5: No, no. but I'm I've known other people that have seen them, uh, Marfa, Texas. Generally a uh, greenish color to yellow, uh, and they rise up from the
1: desert.
4: And they do a little show. So, yeah. It's amazing. And you can't get to them. So they are a mystical question. What are they? I wrote an article on them.
3: Where and what are, are your they? credentials to write that article? What are your credentials to write that article?
2: Uh, I'm a writer, and I went to college.
4: So,
3: so be, did I. I'm a writer. <laughs> so did I. I went to college to be a writer. Matt, Matt, no, Mone, I'm just Matt like, Moniz, no,
2: but, hold on, is a Harvard-educated chemist. And really? So that yeah. kind of gives him credentials, yeah. I'd say, then, to be a paranormal no, investigator.
4: No, no, wait a minute. He went to be a chemist, not a ghost hunter.
2: Right. Yeah, there is no college to become a ghost hunter.
4: Right. So There's no
5: accreditations to become a ghost hunter, yes.
4: Well, you would think that there'd be some sort of psychological something to be able to realize if you're being told the truth or, i don't know i just don't oh, i don't here's, see here's, how i don't get it
5: let me put it this way now as a working scientist for the past 20 years i can tell you science is 99 percent attitude and only one percent actual application so it's the methodology the way you approach it that makes the difference just because you don't, it just you don't have to have a degree from an Ivy League school. You just have to have the right attitude in which you approach it from.
4: Well, I now I agree. I agree uh, when it comes to science, but when it comes to paranormal and ghosts,
5: it's still do you the same believe application. Believe it, it's a matter of application. Like, like I said, in your that one percent application has to do with how you approached it to start with.
4: Right. Okay. okay. I get that. So, so still, it, I don't. I don't. I can't. I mean, I really think that um, the, the places that you go, um, I don't really. I don't really believe that there's a ghost in there. I think that you go to these places. Um, you go into an old psychiatric ward. I went into the the hospital that John F. Kennedy died in, the old hospital before Parkland? they revamped it. Okay. Parkland? I was scared to death while I was in there. Does that mean that there was a ghost in there? There was no lights on. It was raining the day that I was in there, and um, I I have to tell you, you know, the the guy, the real estate agent that was in there with me, that was walking around with me. He was. We were both jumping. There was, um, there was old bed racks. You know, there was no lights. We had a flashlight. You know, and we we were walking around. We were walking around the building, and we were looking in one of the windows and and the the basement windows were dug down into the ground and they were like these grooves well all of a sudden these leaves and these bags rose up to me well yeah i ran and screamed but it wasn't a ghost it well, was a homeless man taking a nap and i had interrupted him
2: I, I, I'll, I'll converse that with i've been in locations where there are ghosts and we can argue about whether or not there really were you know at a different time but i've been in locations where there are ghosts and i wasn't scared you know, so well, it's kinda... I mean,
4: and I just think that it was a really creepy building, and if, if somebody told me a really scary story while I was there, um, you could probably get somebody to, to wet their pants in there, and there would but, be no
2: good. Hold on, paranormal investigators for the most part aren't scared. <laughs> so let, okay. let, let's just- But I bet somebody on your crew is?
3: What? Actually- Somebody,
4: Somebody that's doing lighting, you have grips.
3: Hold on. Uh, If you're talking about ghost adventures, there is no crew. It's those three. Um,
4: No, no. Who shoots it? Okay, they do the camera.
3: They do those three. One of them has. Nobody has.
4: There's no grips. There's no electric. There's no no lighting. No.
3: No one. No producer. No sound person. No. No one. They're putting
4: the crew members out of work by doing that kind of crap.
3: Yeah, and and you know, here's the thing. I I understand you're upset about that, but the reality is that TV changes. It's fickle. It goes. You know, it it changes. And right now, this is where it's at. And the budgets are small. and, And This crew is what's going on.
5: Then let me augment this one step further. Does that make the evidence they get any less credible because it wasn't taken by somebody that didn't go through a film school to learn how to operate a camera or or a soundboard?
4: No, it doesn't. It it doesn't make. in, In my in my personal opinion, I don't think any of it's credible because I've
3: watched it. What it's would make just something to incredible to, to watch you it. You know what, what I'm you gonna,
2: i got to ring okay. the bell here for a second. got to ring the bell because we have another call on the line that I want to be able to get in, and we have to take a break. So okay. let me take this break, and then when we come back, we'll take this call and we can kick this around. If you want to call in and get involved in the discussion, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Email us, spookycrew at We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
0: Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back.
2: let the guy come in. He takes over your job. Jeff, we're gonna train you how to do that. Actually,
3: I'd never learn it.
2: Nah, come on. There's gonna be nights when we just take everybody takes a night off, and you can just take over. I can't wait. All right. Well, we are talking about paranormal reality shows and and reality television and how it skewed the paranormal in in some people's eyes and how it skewed the paranormal to some investigators. And we are talking with Lindsay Malone, who is part of an organization called Americans Against Reality TV. And... It, the phone lines are, are keep keep lighting up and people have things that they want to say about this and certainly you know we've got plenty that we want to say on the topic Lindsay, if it's all right with you uh in about six minutes we have to take a break for the news we're required to here at the station but when we come back into the second hour we're happy to keep this going if you're game okay, I'll be here. all right well let's take this phone call right here patient wait uh, patient caller waiting on the line good evening you are on spooky south coast how are you doing good
6: how are you all right what's your name it's katie Hey, Katie. Hey.
5: Now, here's okay. an example. I've got an investigation going on in her house right now, but yet right. I'm here doing a radio show at the same time.
6: Right, now, and I, I wanted to argue with her because, um you know, I come from no background whatsoever in the paranormal, and I fully believe because I see things with my own eyes, and I hear things with my own ears.
3: In your own You know,
4: home. I believe, too. I don't believe that they step up for the camera and perform.
2: Now wait a minute, Katie, <laughs> can't you make your ghost step up to the camera and perform?
4: I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've seen actually things, no. I've heard things I believe. But when I'm seeing some guy going, Come to the lights, come speak to me, you know, if you're here and and you know, what what ghost is gonna step up and say, Hey, I'm here. Shoot well,
2: me. some.
5: I've encountered some where I've challenged them to do something, and I've been picked up and thrown. So,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, science, that gets I, your I, undivided I, attention. I've never seen it on YouTube. That's definitely
2: got to be on YouTube. Go to well, uh, YouTube, yeah. well, look up Spooky South know, idea. You have Wait a minute. A much even better exist. idea.
5: Better than YouTube. Why don't you actually go to a haunted location?
2: Right. I've
4: been to a haunted location. I was at the Tampa Theater, and me and the guy that haunts that came face-to-face. He didn't scare me. He jingled his keys at me and walked off.
3: Well, there you go. If you had a camera rolling, wouldn't that have been something?
4: Well, he probably would not. We were filming. We were filming there, a show. Right. He appeared to me upstairs in the parlor, the old parlor, you know, when they used to do that. He didn't go down there where the camera was because he doesn't want to be on TV.
2: Well, there you well, go. We, we, we kind of should preface this a little bit. I mean, for for a majority of investigators, there's a... a a format that they use in their investigation where, you know, they're going to make it known to the spirit that they are there for the purpose of communication and of documenting their existence. And right. if they you know, they kind of invite them to to make their presence known if they're there, whether or not there's cameras there or not, whether or not it's a, a private home investigation or something for TV, you know, they kind of let them know that they're there for that purpose. And if they have anything they'd like to share, if they'd like to, you know, just alert us to their presence and that's the time to do so. So, you are kind of setting the ground rules of this is what I'm here for. Please do this. It's not like it's just, you know, they just turn on a camera and boom, there's a ghost. I mean,
4: but right. on the shows, it seems like the ghost always shows
2: up.
3: Well, that's editing. Keep in mind, you know, they're rolling. Right. They're rolling the hour, twelve the hours. Hour. You know, I mean, twelve hours one night, twelve hours the next night, and you're seeing the highlights. And, and you're
6: seeing the results of how many video cameras
4: or how many oh, yeah. you know, audio.
3: Oh, I mean, you, you could have three. I mean, I, I can only speak for. I our thought
4: show. it was the three guys in a camera. Well, that's, no, three, that's three particular. guys, three
3: cameras. They, okay. <laughs> they each have cameras. Um, if if you watch the show, you would see that. Right. And, and I and I and I get that you don't watch it. That's totally cool. I'm just explaining. No, I
4: no, I did watch the clips though. But I mean, they
3: I all was have totally cameras.
4: turned off
6: when you say they all have the cameras, to... but they also leave cameras in locations.
3: Yeah, that's right. Actually, I forgot about that. They mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So they, they all have a handheld, and they all have still cameras that they're setting right. up throughout the location. So you've right. got
6: on hot spots that have been pointed right. out to them, so or that they feel or
2: hear things.
3: Twelve hours times uh, Lindsay, six cameras. What you
2: do yeah. when you're doing a paranormal investigation is you try to set up based on the reports and the research that you've done. You try to make it so that when you turn that camera on, there will be a ghost there. It doesn't, you know, you're not faking it. You're just trying to make sure that you're getting the most optimal, you know, just like as, as a director would say, you know, we have to be out there at six a.m. so we can get the sun exactly where we need it for this shot. At Same the thing o'clock. with a ghost. Yeah, I know. Same to be there the a.m. be shooting
4: by, by eight. Yeah, and, I know and, the drill. and
2: even and sometimes you can even say that with a ghost. We have to have the camera rolling at exactly midnight because that's when it's going to come down the staircase.
4: Midnight. Yeah, right. That is so cliche.
2: Well, I just picked out – I was just using that as an
3: example. <laughs> it's three o'clock anyway. Yeah, I would show you. 3 <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're yeah. But if you leave the camera rolling all night, whenever and, whenever it comes down, it, you
6: may have a chance of catching it. Yeah, not, not to
3: go back, back may, to that but, same point. I
4: mean. What, okay, you know you you pick up sounds, you pick up things. I mean, you know we were talking about science. Mm-hmm. okay, yeah. let's talk about the exiles. Um, what about the I used always be write a it off to science for the there's always a the way to write it off to science. Now, I do believe. In the paranormal, oh. <laughs> I I just don't believe in these shows. All right, Lindsay, now, hold on, I gotta
2: hold you. I, I gotta catch you off there. We got the news. We okay. have to take a break. When we come back, we will pick this up right after the news break in about six minutes. Okay. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
5: It's Saturday night. I have no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my All Rush mixtape. Let's rock.
0: Are free. You will be. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.
2: Welcome back, hour number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, and the guy who is responsible for everything you see on paranormal television, Jeff Belanger. <laughs> no, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to... to no, no, that's sure. all right, yeah. But, uh, we are discussing, you know, paranormal reality television, reality television in general, uh, but also how it affects the paranormal community. And we have a guest with us on the line, Lindsay Malone, who is part of an organization called Americans Against Reality Television. And as somebody who's worked in the television industry, she's seen the proliferation of, of reality TV programming and how it's kind of taken over the airwaves. And she's giving us her opinion. But what we need is we need more opinions out there from the actual paranormal community. We need people who are out there you know, doing this type of work every weekend, whenever they have a chance, whenever they have free time, and they're out there dedicating their, themselves to the paranormal, how do you feel that these programs are reflecting on what it is that you do? You know, how, how do they present the idea of an investigation? Do you feel that, you know, what you do is being helped or being hurt by this? Are you getting more cases because it's, you know, talked about more and more popular? Or do you get people that are expecting you to deliver a 45-minute package like a Ghost Hunters or a Paranormal State? So give us a call. 508 508- Nine nine six zero five hundred five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred. You can also access those numbers on our website spookysouthcoast dot or you can email us as well spookycrew at spookysouthcoast dot com. And just a little bit of a programming note before we forget: next week we're going to be joined by Tim Miller, who is a publisher who put together a uh, special edition of the Warren Commission that had Gerald Ford's you know, view of the Warren Report as kind of the preface to that report. Well, when they were in the process of working on this publication, Gerald Ford told Tim Miller a a bunch of stuff that just couldn't be published. And so uh, Tim is actually making the rounds, trying to get the word out about what Gerald Ford told him. He's going to join us next week on Spooky South Coast to share with us kind of the, the inner thoughts of Gerald Ford when it came to the Warren Commission. So you don't want to miss that. So that'll be next Saturday night at 10 p.m. right here on WBSM. But now let's talk more reality TV and paranormal reality TV, or is or is that an oxymoron? With our <laughs> guest Lindsay Malone. Well, all right. Welcome back, Lindsay. Thank you for for hanging on during the break. And we still have Katie on the line as well, uh, who who was expressing some opinions. So both of you are free to just jump in <laughs> here uh, back in. But before uh, we we do that, Lindsay. Uh, Jeff and I and, and Matt, we were talking, you know, during the break and, and you're, you know, you have a lot of friends, a lot of contacts, uh, in, in the television industry. Are, are they all of the same opinion when it comes to this reality programming? Yes. And I'm talking not just the crew and, and people who might have been friends and colleagues of yours, but, you know, people that you know, like, might be within the, the, the production ranks and the people who, you know, it doesn't matter to them whether it's a union person working the camera or whether it's just some, some, uh, freelancer they brought in. I mean, does, do a lot of people feel like reality program is kind of hurting the television yes, industry? Yes.
4: They feel it's, 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 it's destroyed television. It's destroyed our ability to make the, to make a decent living. Um it's destroyed the quality of what's coming out there. Um, I think it's making America stupid.
3: <laughs> well
2: well what about what about are you smarter than a fifth grader? I'm so much smarter oh than a fifth grader gosh, now from watching that. Even, show.
4: I'm sorry, don't even talk game, to me about that. Game
2: shows are a different topic altogether, so, so, so game shows
4: are, I mean, well if it's still it's 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 a cute concept, but it's not prime time. I don't I just think, you know, if you're gonna do prime time I mean you know, I I come back from the, you know, I come from the the you know, I worked in the 80s before all this started. Like I said, you know, when I went into the business, the only reality TV show out there was, you know, The Real World and, you know, they were doing unsolved mysteries and things like that. And then we got hit by the writer strike, and that's how all this started.
2: Well, hold on now. Let me as a as a pop culture uh, Maven that I am, <laughs> as as somebody who follows this. All right, first of all, there's no greater socioeconomic gauge than television. Television and television programming tells us how the country is doing as a whole, and, and when we're you we're doing look, pretty bad. Well, that goes without saying. But if you look <laughs> back at the '80s, when things were a hell of a lot better than they are now, uh, and when people kind of had a general better idea of. Their country of America as a whole, and they had kind of a... Who couldn't have a great feeling about our country? I mean, we, we had 9-11 happen.
4: That's the, that, that's reality TV. We watched 9-11 happen on our televisions. You want reality? You can't get any more reality than what we saw that day.
2: But when you look and make
5: the same argument when they were putting the daily news on when they were covering the Vietnam War.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and I was very very young when that was happening. Matt
5: but Moniz I grew was up remembering. There, so I, I actually remember watching it as a kid. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's just memories to me. They're they're you know. But I thought, you know, I. But just is that not as that real? Was life. But is that that not was the real? news? It wasn't the programming. Then we went to Archie Bunker. Then we went to the Jeffersons. You know. You know. When you got into the seven o'clock hour, into the prime time hour,
2: it wasn't more of the war. It was something to take your mind off the war. Well, but see, that's the point that I'm making now. You know, in in the '80s when things were better, when there was a better national identity, uh, you had programs that were more. You know, I, I don't know. You, you could just have those those dramas. Those the you know all the great shows that we had in the '80s, the dynasties. The I mean, all okay. Now uh, you get to the point where television has to become escape for people away from their everyday lives. But now instead of escaping into the Carringtons or the Ewings or whatever else we were or the co- the Huxtables, whatever we were escaping to back then, now we've decided to escape instead on some poor schmuck that's got it worse than us. So now we, we want to watch them. We have decided to. The networks have decided for us. They're forcing
4: network television on us the way the the, the government. Forces taxes on us. Now, you know better than anybody.
2: You know better than anybody. Television is a copycat industry. So it's when, a
4: nightmare. When Survivor came know, on, the networks know that, that the in reality that the Nielsen ratings are, are crap. They know that the, the the majority of the American public can't stand it. The majority of the people that I interact with have turned their televisions off. The people that talk to me on my MySpace page, by the way have anybody join Lindsay Malone's Mindspace page if they believe in what I'm doing. Um but Give they, that out. they interact the with me and they're like they're like, you know, you know, Lindsay, you know, you're you're so right on. I, I, I love this page because you know, I turn my TV off. I go to a movie. You know, and then they're trying to get us at the movies when they start doing that reality crap before with the 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 the, the, the advertisements and and they're they're trying to get us anywhere they can. We can't escape reality. Well, come on.
2: When was the last time anybody showed up for a movie more than thirty can't, seconds before? Can't escape reality. What happened to drugs?
4: Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right on, brother. I reality is for people really
3: that can't good handle the drugs.
4: And it's all over this reality thing. My doctor, he just keeps upping the dose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but here's the thing though. I I mean I'm a I'm a big believer in the free market, and if people continue to turn their TV off, TVs off, as you say, and, and they may be, that will affect the change because as soon as they lose the ratings, as soon as they're not getting viewers, they lose their advertisers. When they right. lose their advertisers, they can't fund these shows but and they all say, the
4: advertisers are going broke. Okay, what's going on with the ball games? Okay, uh, I, do you watch the Fox Business News network? I love them. My bird, that's his favorite network. If I don't have it on during the day, he screams all day long. So, so yeah, I have it on in the background while brains? I'm working. And, you know, the world is toppling. Yeah, I These bowl Fox games. Out. I'm a Florida gator, by the way. National champions, yes. It's great to be a Florida gator. But, the bowl games, they're attacking the bowl games saying, they want bailout money, then they shouldn't be able to 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 um, to advertise on on the bowl, you know, like have the 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 Bank of America Bowl or whatever. You can't do that. Well, now they're starting to throw that at their advertising. Well, you need to stop throwing your advertising down. You know, you've got too many ads running on TV. Our economy is 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 collapsing, and I don't personally feel. That, that when Barack Obama walks into office on, on January 20th, it's gonna start raining cupcakes and, and, and gold and silver and monopolies. That was a campaign promise.
2: Bars. He better deliver. I
4: truly believe we have a, a nightmare ahead.
1: Yeah, and no, the advertising dollars are leaving
4: as our economy topples. What? And the, the reality TV, I'm on my soapbox, is making us
2: stupider. <laughs> stupider. That, that may be true, but Lindsay, as more and yeah, more I'm people fail to have money, they're gonna want to see somebody win a million dollars more often.
4: I don't believe that. I believe they're turning their TV off because they can't pay their electric bill to watch it.
2: Well, that I mean that being that that
3: aside. Then that'll affect change. If if that's truly happening, then that will affect change because TV will be forced to change direction to something like Have that... you
4: ever been to Hollywood? Have you actually I have. dealt with the network execs? Have you actually dealt with the people that are running these networks? I worked for the Smiling Cobra, the man who put Clint Eastwood on TV in Rawhide. Okay. Jim Aubrey. Okay. He was called the Smiling Cobra because he was the only man in the world that would smile at you while he was backstabbing you at the same time. Okay. Okay. He He must have worked in the
5: paranormal before. Yeah, a lot of them (laughs) do that too. Yeah.
4: Right, yeah. Well, he ran CBS and I worked for him. And let me tell you something. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what the people are thinking. He gets these little Nielsen rating boxes, and he has them set where he wants them set because he knows what he wants to put on TV. Okay. And so he's not asking me or my neighbor or you or anyone else. He's going to the same old place. Now, he has passed away. We might be able – I bet he's roaming around because he's pretty evil. I, if you guys find him, <laughs> I want to see that show. But the deal is, is that um, – um, he, he, he went to the same old place, got the same old answers. Okay. He didn't do any research groups. He didn't do anything. He, he went to the same demographic and got the same answers. He never changed. So he, he ran the network and he put on TV what he wanted on TV.
3: And, and that's, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just a big believer that the free market will fix all things. That when you mm-hmm. have sponsors that are putting commercials on some of these shows and on some of these networks, if they say, God, we're not getting a return, uh, you know, they claim they have all these viewers, but we're not getting a return on our ad dollars. They cut their ad dollars. Right. And if enough people do that, then the network well, must change what they're doing to something else.
4: It's, that's not how Hollywood works. Well, no, hold on. No,
3: that's no, gonna, I'm talking about how business works. That's like, going to yeah, change the that's Nielsen, Nielsen fact.
4: Hollywood. Hollywood and business are two different things. No, they're not.
3: <laughs> they can't possibly no, they be. get
4: X amount of dollars. From to, where? To, to a production. As much, the, the money that they save. Wait, are we
3: talking about TV or, or movies?
4: We're talking about reality TV. Okay. They get X amount of dollars to do a particular slot, okay?
3: Right. From where? If much
4: money, if, if they, whatever they save, what they don't spend, goes in their pocket.
3: But where do they get this magic money?
4: The magic money comes from the advertisers. Right. You see, they create the advertisers. You can't, the advertisers aren't gonna go away. They're gonna keep, keep throwing crap up there, because you know where they make their money? On football. And basketball. And things like that. That's actually where the, where, where more advertisers are going more and more to. Yeah, but you the know college football, the college basketball, the, 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 the pros, all that stuff. You see the really big heavy advertisers, the advertisers that would reach my demographic, that, that would reach me, where you, you see the banks and you see the, the, the department stores and the, and the, and the, and the foods, the, you know, the grocery stores and things like that. Right. They're, they're, they're showing up on the sports. I don't watch sports, but yet I, my sons do, and I, I walk through there and I'm, I see it. When I turn on, CSI, CSI's got a con- an amazing, amazing following. Okay. It's like twenty-four. Sure. And, they, and those they get some big-time ads for those for those for those spots. They make up their money that they're losing, that they're losing with the reality show. They make it up on charging eight million dollars to for for thirty seconds on twenty-four or CSI.
3: Wait, as far as losing money, I, you know, again, I, I just come back to the, the, the almighty the almighty dollar uh, being the ruler of all things. The, these shows, you're right, they're dirt cheap to produce. They cost way less. I mean, one episode of Friends could probably fund like three seasons of three different, you know, reality right, shows. Right,
6: but you're paying for professional actors.
3: Uh, okay, hold on a minute. Right. <laughs> we're not talking well, about. When I
4: turn on the TV, I expect to see professional actors.
3: We're not talking about. All we're talking about is is bottom line dollars. So mm-hmm. if it costs you two million bucks to produce a whole season of of uh, one reality show, and you make six million bucks you know, on, on ads on that show because you bring in enough ratings to, to garner that kind of ad money. Mm-hmm. That's a bottom line profitable most, endeavor. The,
4: most I've of them it. are getting package deals where they're being asked. And in, in, I know through, through radio sales... You know, you get tagged on, on, on the, on the lightweight shows. Well, we'll let you, you, you know, we'll do, we'll give you a package deal. So a lot of the stuff that ends up on the reality shows is they bought a package to be in the big, the big time with the, with the shows that, that, that there's definitely people. There wouldn't be a numbers. There wouldn't be without a trace. There wouldn't be the unit. None of those shows, NCIS, Mark Harmon, all those people would not be on TV if they weren't making money. No. Of course. They're getting big bucks. They're getting big bucks in those advertising spots for these shows that are actually drawing people that have a brain that actually go to the store or go to the mall or go to the to, to, to General Motors. Let's hope somebody goes to General Motors and buy the car. I have stock there, so let's hope they do. And um, and 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 that's where. They get the quality viewers, the people that actually go out and spend the money, the people that are watching the reality TV shows. They're they're getting they're getting caught into these package deals. Well, they're on, not getting uh, much business off that, but they're not seeing it because they're actually advertising on the shows where they are getting the business. I, I'm,
2: I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I don't mean this. To, it's going to sound disrespectful just by the nature of the question, but do you watch soap operas? I did it one time, but outgrew that. The road, okay, afraid. the very nature of the name soap opera is because the whole reason these shows existed mm-hmm. was for the purpose of selling home cleaning right. products. Right. That's why Procter & Gamble produces these programs, okay? Because they were getting a direct, guaranteed they're on the, you know, demographic. They're,
4: they're on their last leg. Like they're about Well, gone. that's
2: that's because they exhausted every possible story <laughs> that could. That ever, they could. But, you can
4: only bring people back to life and not go to see how many times a Susan Lucci killed
2: as, somebody. As long as you change the actor, it doesn't count. That's, well, uh, that's <laughs> the that's well, the other reason why the soap
5: is Susan dying because there has is a killed
4: m- so many people and never gone to prison. Well, Give me the, a break.
5: The other reason why soaps are "quote unquote" dying is because the housewife is no longer there. You, you have she two had to that, go to work. Right. Soap right.
3: operas aren't dying. Desperate Housewives is a soap opera. I mean, it's but it's, it's a prime it's an, time
2: soap opera. But I'm talking about The slots. If
5: you want to really get technical, so is House. So is oh, 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And any of these I'm talking other about the
2: programs tours. that are produced by Procter and Gamble. Oh sure. Because okay. they know that they've got that guaranteed built-in right. demographic. So and it's soap the
4: soap operas and. You're talking about a different
6: quality of writing. Okay? I am not still
2: fiction on no matter so what I'm the I'm not talking about quality of anything. I'm talking about the guaranteed right. the person that's watching that program is the person you are targeting your product right. for. There's no better way than television to accurately gauge exactly who it is that's going to see the advertising for your product. If I put an ad in the newspaper, I don't know who's going to read the newspaper. If I put an ad on a radio Nobody, station, cause I don't newspapers know who's going, going
4: under all over the country. Well, hang on, <laughs> let's
2: not get crazy because that's my day job.
4: <laughs> yeah, really? All
2: right, we have another phone call here, so let's, uh, Katie. We're going to let you go. Thank okay. you for calling in, and uh, let's go to the phone here because we want to make sure everybody that calls in gets a chance. If you would like to to say your piece here and get get your uh, point of view in, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred, five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred. The the just impact of reality TV and especially paranormal reality TV is our topic tonight with our guest Lindsay Malone. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing,
7: Tim? Yes. Oh, hi, it's Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hi, good. Hey, um, h- hello to everyone. Hi, Jeff.
3: Hi, Chris. Uh,
7: Lindsay. Hi. Hi, Matt. Matt. Hello. Hi. hi. Um, I was watching the news like I watch every day, and I don't know if it was CNN or Fox. It was one of those major uh, network um, news shows, and I couldn't believe it. They had their resident psychiatrist come on, and you know how they referred to them, like Sanjay Gupta and all of them.
4: It was well, Fox. They were fair and unbiased.
7: Yeah, no, it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. Wave <laughs> all easy. that. Just wave all that. But I couldn't believe it. He was actually saying, the psychiatrist, they were talking about uh, just that, about reality shows, and he actually said that he is diagnosing his patients now. This is a great concern with the Truman Syndrome, based on the Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This is, this is becoming an epidemic now. And what's they the... it, yes? They're actually diagnosing it now. The doctors.
2: And the, the actual affliction is
7: what? Yeah, that these people actually believe they're a part of a reality show, <laughs> oh. and they feel that they're being photographed in ca- on camera. Well, of course you know we are. I mean, you can't go to a. Well,
4: I mean, yeah. From the this yeah, camera, I'm a star at that camera. You, really you need run them. the red light. I just smile, and I just they just have direct deposit out of my account. Right,
7: <laughs> but you're <it's> frightening. <laughs> This is, you know how every decade there's a syndrome that they have? This is what's happening now.
2: And Chris, they're blaming this on on the how many different reality programs? Yes, people are out there well, now. I
7: actually feel that they they're a part of a reality show. They have lost touch completely. Well, they're going from neighborhood to neighborhood. What are they doing with that game show? They go into your house. Mm-hmm. We're coming to your house and bringing you a game show. I'm afraid to open my door. I never know what's yeah. going to be on the other side. I love side. you. I love you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you'd really be
2: against that program until they knocked on your door. <laughs>
7: right. How much? I never had all these phobias before.
3: That's so funny. That's yeah. a great call, thank you. Okay,
7: thanks, thanks yeah. Bye-bye. yeah, I love her. Let's get more callers like her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's great that there's, a, that there's a disorder for it that people are so uh, have lost touch with reality to the point.
4: Now, where... don't you think that you should try to do something about it? Maybe, I mean, not just just make make your show show, just make it real. Don't let them cut out all that stuff. Make it be the real deal. I bet you people would watch that.
3: Well, I, you know, again, I'm. Say, I know, if there was a location, let me just say, if there was a totem pole, I'm actually below ground. I'm like,
4: now, when do we get to talk about dead famous?
3: Oh, go ahead. Well, let's go right ahead. Let's jump right into it.
4: Okay, how can dead famous get Betty Davis, Billy the Kid, Bing Crosby, Elvis Presley, James Dean, Lucille Ball, Howard Hughes, who didn't come out in public while he was alive, Alfred Hitchcock, John Lennon, Marilyn Monroe, Frank Sinatra, John Wayne, and Mae West? and the entire mob, to list a few, to come visit them while they're ghosts. When, when they were alive, it was almost impossible to get an interview.
3: Guys, I'll answer that. Uh, Lindsay, the answer is, I have no idea.
2: <laughs> that they was pay, insane. They pay very well. There's, they, they go beyond scale for guest stars. <laughs>
4: Honestly.
3: Their sad cards expire they when they die. They talking to Lucille
4: Ball, and they were trying to make me believe it. I stayed on there. Because I want to see how far they would go with that. That's wrong.
2: To the point where the they were actually speaking John Lemon, poor the family English to of try to John John Lane, of
4: The families of these people that still exist, that was a violation. Now, that show's not on anymore, is it?
3: No, it only lasted one, one season. Yeah.
4: That was a violation. Well, it's still
3: on. It's
2: still airing. Oh, is it? But it's not in production anymore. Right.
4: Well, it was a bad... It was really bad. That was... I, I think the paranormal community should have been outraged. And for the most part,
2: we are.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, believe me, there's stuff that's on TV all the time that gets us fired up. I mean, and and that's the debate that we have all the time, not even on radio shows, but, I mean, in, over dinners where we talk about, like, well, you know, on the one the one hand, this has generated a lot of interest in what we do. It gets people talking about it. It gets it a little less weird, and that's great. So you can stand by the office water cooler and talk openly about your personal ghost experience, and that's, that's a good byproduct of all this attention. The bad pri- byproduct is oh, my gosh, there's people out there that watch two episodes of a show and think they're qualified to be doing paranormal investigation. Or even worse, they watch two episodes
2: and think that's what everybody else does. Right, Right. yeah, they think
3: that that's the standard. And this
4: Dead Famous thing was really bad for you guys. Because this Dead Famous thing really, really, really upset people. Because I've talked to uh, a few people. I know some family members of one of the stars, and and they didn't take that very well.
2: But you know what channel that airs on?
4: Uh, The Biography Channel. Exactly. Yeah, and I expected
2: more from them. Well, but I mean that's what it is. They're looking for a way to to jump on that paranormal niche and find a way to make it fit their programming, to get that interest level in the paranormal to fit into Bio. I mean, and now we're getting to the point where sometimes you watch some of these shows and you're not really sure they should be on that network. Right. Like why well, all of a sudden A&E has become the paranormal channel?
4: Yeah, and I have now, now I I do have a question about something that's very upsetting to me. There's a very special person in my life and um and, and, and he lost his wife, okay? Um, and she's been gone for, for a few years. And um, so when, when I turn on people like Rick Hayes, who are claiming to talk to dead relatives, I think Bernie Madoff.
2: Okay, well, hold on now, because I can answer this from a personal perspective. Uh, anybody that knows me it's not a secret i really don't put a lot of stock in people with psychic abilities and i i as much as i don't put stock in psychic abilities i really don't put stock in people who are communicating with loved ones who have passed on that being said rick hayes has made connections with people from my own life who have passed on and convinced me that he has that gift
4: i just I, I, you know, you could say a lot of generic things. Did you ever see the the uh, evangelist movie with um oh oh what's his name oh I don't Steve know Martin.
3: He, he, Steve Martin. Yeah.
2: Steve, Steve Martin. Who? Steve Martin and Meatloaf, who was a popular topic of conversation. Yeah, earlier. do you remember
4: how they did it? They yeah, put well, the little mics in everybody's ear. Yeah. They had people sitting out in the in the um, in the in the audience. Yep. Yeah.
3: Peter Popoff yeah, well, used to do that in that the eighties. that can
4: very easily be done with this kind of stuff.
3: I don't think, well,
4: and, and I would absolutely if 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 someone was to say that they were talking to my father who's passed on, or or try to insinuate that they were speaking to my friend's wife, I would punch him out. Well, but what if they <laughs> brought? That but, is
2: mental abuse. But what if they gave you information that they could not have had? For that's what happened with me with with Rick Hayes. Rick Hayes described exactly what my grandfather was wearing when he was buried. To the point of where the rip was in his shirt that had to be mended.
4: And how do you know he's just not a mind reader?
2: But well, that's something. How too. is that any different, though?
4: Um, well it's different if you could read your mind and speak to the dead there's two different things going on there. Well not necessarily not
3: necessarily Either way you know, I'm impressed it just could, for the record. Yeah <laughs> i was going to say to
2: me it doesn't matter. It just that could just be the way that it appears to him you know when these projections are it could very well be coming from me but he's just making the assumption that it's not and that he's hearing it from somebody now, is else. Yeah he
4: the one that had the show on that was doing it for a while on the No you
2: you're confusing Rick Hayes with John Edward. John Edward's yeah. a total crock of crap.
4: Yeah that guy um his name is John Edwards?
2: John Edwards is a what they call a cold reader. Yeah, it's cold reading. It's a parlor trick.
4: I thought he ran for president.
2: That's No, that's no, John, John Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, It's all a guys, big incestuous relationship don't you in the watch entertainment TV? industry.
4: Uh yeah, I do. I don't watch this stuff.
2: You don't watch the news. No, you John, want
4: to hear all about Twenty Four? I can tell you, minute uh, by minute. By the way, Ride by, by, it by it the way, third in actual time. Third
2: episode of the season, greatest hour of TV I've watched in years. But anyway, you know, getting getting aside uh, aside from that, uh, with with guys like John Edward, as, as Jeff was just saying, you know, they're cold readers. They're throwing a bone out there. They're seeing who reacts, and then they're just taking it as far as they can take it. And right, we had, and it's we, wrong. We had Tiffany Johnson on uh, a couple of months ago, and she just explained to us the entire process of how it's done. John Edward is just a really, really good, cold reader, and, and that's what he's doing. He's a con artist. He's Bernie Madoff.
3: Without John Edward, you couldn't have the show The Mentalist. That's true. Which yeah. is uh, one of the The new...
4: Mentalist is based on John Edward? No, no,
3: no, no, but I'm just saying people like John Edward mm-hmm. help... Fuel that show, The Mentalist, which they is, make people which, accept because, the
2: possibility that that well, the power I, can exist.
3: Because the idea of The Mentalist was that uh, he was he used to the character used to be a a psychic until mm-hmm. he realized he, that he himself was a fraud. He was just really good at picking up on. Yep on ticks and, and cues The mentalist
4: people. is really not that great. Oh, I,
3: I, I'm, just, I'm trying to <laughs> throw no, you a bone here. It's a commenting. scripted show. Yeah. And the, know, they I'm have that saying. new program,
2: Lie to Me, coming out, which Lot, is the right, same thing. thing. They're reading people. Yeah, read yeah, I was interested, I'm
4: interested in that. I'm going to check that out because but they're Rick, saying that Rick the Hayes, average person tells three lies and, and, um, and in person conversation or whatever i, I was, i'm going to check that
2: out getting back to rick hayes i've never met the man face to face i've only spoken to him over over the air and i'd like to think that i don't give anything away when i'm talking to i'm very guarded when i'm talking to somebody who claims that they have these abilities he actually told me a location to go in a a spot to go in a haunted location where i would get evidence and sure enough when i went there i did so, I mean, to me, he's had a couple of hits that make me say, okay, wait a minute. Maybe there is something to this. Matt Moniz, huge skeptic, but there are a few uh, – well, not a huge skeptic. Huge skeptic of, of psychics and mediums, but there are Skeptical. a few. Skeptical. Yes. There are a few that he will set his watch and warrant by.
5: Yeah. Tiffany Johnson. You know, I've watched her perform stuff personally, and I don't want to even use the word perform because perform indi- indicates that it's some sort of contrived action. Whereas in Tiffany, uh, it just comes out of I'll her it natural. displays Her talents. Yeah. Uh, now uh,
4: I have seen things that I I, have, I, I feel now, th- now. This is a basic type of reality television that's acceptable to me: forensic files or psychic detectives, where they've actually shown me how a psychic has helped them solve a uh, helped them solve a a, that's, a crime. That's exactly what real.
2: these paranormal shows are, though. Hmm. That's exactly what these paranormal sh- shows are, though.
4: You don't have a detective sitting there going, it made me a believer. Actually, you know, we went to this place and we found the truck is, underwater. Why, why well, is a detective's
2: le- opinion more valuable than, than just a common, ordinary person who, who says the same thing after an episode of Ghost on? Let me also because interject. this guy really found truth and he put somebody in jail for it.
5: I was going to say, most, as you know, most uh, investigation groups we deal with, there's at least one police officer that's involved in it. That's true, yeah.
2: Including ghost hunters.
3: Yes. It's inc- you know, it, it, that is true. There's so many groups out there. And I, 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 there was actually a, a show I was asked to go on years ago talking about, you know, the police and the paranormal. And here's what happens. When you're, when you're in your house in the middle of the night and you hear someone walking around downstairs, the first person you should call is, is the, the police. police. You should call the police because you might have an intruder. The police are finding that they're coming to the same addresses year after year, month after month. That the people are not drunk, they're, they're they're sober, they're sane, and something's going on there. That's
5: where, one of the first places I go to when I get reports. So, you know, If I'm going into a new area, I go check into the police stations. Where have you been getting reports from? Right. That, you know. They know. Cops and, know. And, and, and cops, yeah, and they're, they're very forthright about, yeah, you might, want to go check out this place. This might tick you I off, mean, Lindsay.
2: This, this might tick you off, but the Hollywood Reporter uh, reported this week that A&E is actually putting together a new program called Paranormal Cops. Which will feature a group of Chicago police officers who moonlight as ghost chasers at night. Given the team's law enforcement credentials, the concept seeks to add a new layer of credibility to a genre that has featured ghost hunting teams founded by professional plumbers, college students, and academics.
4: Well, I'm just, I just don't get it. Why? Okay, so why are you guys on TV, and what makes you better ghost hunters Cause I'm than I'm the
5: more average good-looking son we're of a bitch? We're on radio. We're not on TV.
4: But I mean, <laughs> I, like. You work for a paranormal, a, a ghost hunting group of guys. Why are they on TV? Why are, what makes them better ghost hunters than
2: we don't Jack work for that them. lives
4: down the street? I okay. bet he chases ghosts. He looks like that kind of guy. Well,
2: hold on. There's, there's, there's a variety of different factors as to why that is. One of the factors is the backstory might be more interesting. Where they're coming from is an interesting... Like, for example, this paranormal cops. Who they are is what makes them interesting. In other cases, it's what kind of evidence they've gathered over their years uh, of being investigators. For example, If they taps. are
4: factual and
2: they show convictions off of the evidence that they
4: have, then the show is believable.
2: I know 100 paranormal investigators who are 100% credible and 100% believable who have never caught a single piece of evidence.
4: And they've never closed a case.
2: Well, closing a case is is uh, kind of irrelevant because you know it's not like for the most part when you're in the paranormal you're not looking to close something. You're just looking I'm to I'm talking
4: about as far as in police investigations, you're talking about these, these this group of cops. If they well, actually I... if they actually have got the the conviction rates, if they've actually made arrests and they have evidence oh, that, that they found through the paranormal that has helped
2: them do their job. No, they're and they not,
5: they're not solving cases, us, cases then I believe them. They're not solving cases by doing well, this. They're just hunting ghosts.
2: For, and for the most part, there's not an actual case that they're involved in investigating. If there's a case, an open case that needs to be solved, paranormal investigators usually aren't allowed anywhere near it.
4: Okay, so hunting ghosts, what do you do when you find it?
2: You, do- <laughs> you document it. As best you can. Yeah. Take your
5: pictures, record your evidence as best as possible. We're, make as many we're not, notations. It's not like you you're
4: going to bring back a rack of like like deer hunting. No, like, all we're doing. Who's do, going to believe you? Honestly, think about it. We're writing a lab Sound report. So you're listen, making. Listen to how ridiculous that sounds? Hold on, I'm going to go hunt ghosts
5: tonight. But the point is, you're making the assumption. We're trying to validate it for everybody else. No, as a ghost hunter that's been doing it 25 years, I'm out there for the experience for myself. I could give a rat's ass. Did what you other go night
4: hunting when you were younger?
5: Did I go snipe hunting?
4: <laughs> I guess you got to be from California to understand that. Well, a snipe
5: <laughs> is a particular type of bird. Uh, do You want to argue with me on that point?
4: No, it is. It's just that you know it was a joke, and it was you—you—you um, you, you didn't do it. You, they played it on the sophomores or the young people, and it didn't—it didn't exist. No, I,
2: I got where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he was in high school, he was too busy watching the submarine races. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, what we're doing is we're not actually trying to go out there and, and close anything. We're trying. We're we're basically just going out and writing a lab report. We're conducting a scientific experiment, and we're trying to create. We're trying to make sure that every time we do this experiment, we get similar results because then that is as close as you're going to get to proof. And well, that's, and that's, to be
4: honest with you, you guys aren't your typical reality TV. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm going to watch it, because I can't watch somebody that's saying, please, co- asking a ghost to step up to the mark. I'm never going to be able to accept that. My brain can't take it in. It says that's ridiculous. It gets the 4-R gonna... rating. Really, 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 really ridiculous. We're going to
2: take a okay? step back here for a minute, Lindsay. Hold on. None of us are involved in television. Being Yeah, none of us. Jeff is a writer. researcher and writer. We're
4: talking about the the television programming.
2: Oh, right. you're talking in a an you're another, all over you're, the place.
3: Actually, you're, you're talking about why are you hunting ghosts, and then you're talking about no. A I'm, show.
4: I am completely talking about the programming. You're using the
2: editorial. You is what you mean. You're not. Yes,
4: the editorial me okay. is yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am focused completely on and have been focused completely on ghost adventures, ghost hunters, paranormal state. Oh. Okay. um you know, any of those things that have been out there, that's what I've been talking about since I started talking. These people that go out there and go and, and hunt ghosts and they do it on TV, okay, I can't take it seriously. My brain can't go there. Okay. When they're asking a ghost to step up to the light or when they're doing whatever, it doesn't, it, it's not, do I believe that there's ghosts out there? Yes. Do, do, do Have I had encounters that have been questionable to me? Yes, where so, I thought maybe there might be a spirit or something trying to communicate something to me. There was a time that I had a burner at my house that kept coming on while it was off, okay? And it was when I lived in, in another state, and I, um, I called to have the – I stayed home from work, and I called to get it fixed, to have the appliance people come and fix it. Well, they never showed up. I called them, and they said I never called them. So I said, well, can you come tomorrow? They said, yeah. So they never show up. The burner continues to come on while it's off, right? And I call them, and they're like, you never called us. I'm like, yes, I did. I have it documented right here. I have you in my speed dial. You you didn't talk to us. Well, that went on for about a week or so, two weeks or so.
2: I would have called a different company by then.
4: I gave up, okay? So my husband at the time, he said, I don't know what's going on with this. It could be a short. The only way I'm going to believe that there's anything paranormal connected to this is if we unplug it and the burner comes on. So we pulled the stove out from the oven, I mean out from the wall, and unplugged it, correct?
1: Okay.
4: We all stood around and watched the kids. Nothing happened. We all went upstairs. I came downstairs to check something. The stove was unplugged and the burner was on. Now, yeah, there was something weird going on there.
2: Yeah, probably a gas. No. <laughs> was it an
0: electric no. range?
2: No. There was something going on there. There was no power to that stove, what, but the burner But you was don't on. understand. You can't I, say that just because, you know, you, you can't say that you believe in the paranormal, but you don't believe that when they turn the cameras on, that it's that, there. That burner would have performed for the camera.
5: May I ask a question? Yes. Was the stove electric or gas? It was electric. Okay, so now when you're saying burner, you're referring um, to. Do you know the, the like, it turns red yes, when the burner turns the coils, red? Yes.
4: It was turned off, but it kept coming on. It would go off, and it would come on. It would turn all the way red, like it was on hot.
5: Right. That has to do with a short. With well, the, yeah,
4: but we unplugged it.
5: Now you got something a bit more curious.
4: Right. That's why well, my, my husband at the time said, "But see, what was really strange to us is that I kept calling the people to come out there and fix it, and they kept they kept not showing up and saying that I didn't call them." And so we just thought that was odd, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And so we thought, and we were like, doo doo doo, doo. you know, could this be a ghost or whatever? Well, so we pulled out well, the stove and unplugged it. Let me get and, it back to your
2: original point, though. Let me bring it back to your original point, where you said that, you know, you believe in the existence of ghosts. I don't believe they perform for cameras. But how can you say that if you believe that they exist, that, they, that there isn't a possibility that they could do that? Because they're in a different, a different <laughs> realm, we Just don't know that. We don't. We don't want to know okay, that. So That's why not true. But you're the, dealing the with people
4: for the theater that I was in. Hank, you know, approach me upstairs, away from way, away from the cameras where we were shooting the show, a, a different show that had nothing to do with ghosts. He didn't want anything to do with a camera.
2: And that may That's, have been his that was his personal choice.
5: Now you're dealing with supposedly dead people. As you know, there are different types of people, whether you're dead or alive, that are going to react the same way in death that they do in life. You got camera hogs. You got some people that do want to get up and perform. And you got other people that are fraidy cats that well, are going to hide. I like think
4: one of the evil ones want to do that for you guys. But then again, you go with evil no. because that's the
5: Not, not, no, not, not no, necessarily. No. As a matter of fact, one of the most active spirits that you'll find are children. And you guys tell me children are evil? Well, I've met some that are, but. Oh, yeah, I've met you <laughs> too, but. but. But on the whole. When you're dealing with, you know, the spirits of children, they are the most vocal, the most active, and generally the most photographed uh, in all spirit photography or you want to call these photographs of these things as being spirits, what have you.
4: And you guys are seeing lights, I mean, like, like um, I, don't, I don't know what you're seeing. I look at that and I go, what makes them think that's a ghost, you know? Or you hear a, a bump. Well, you know, my heater upstairs has been making some strange noises. Do I have a ghost up there?
3: All right. What about the? Well, first of all, if, you know everything that that you see on on uh, paranormal television shows. Uh, you know, first of all, I, even the shows will tell you that it's just something. You know, it, it may be nothing. It may be something totally mundane, like a heater ticking in the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these shows, especially Ghost Hunters, is known for saying. Hey, you know, we're hearing footsteps, but then let's check it out and you find out there's a raccoon in the attic. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so in some cases, these shows actually debunk, um, you know, local haunts and things but, like
4: that. You know, again, you guys are not true reality. You're not the real you're thing. You're not the that, first person
2: that said that to me, honey. Let me tell you.
4: <laughs> you're not the thing that, okay, it's, it's, a, it's frustrating to me when I hear you are part of the problem. When you've got three guys and three cameras with no grips, no electric, no craft service, no nothing—why
3: is that part yeah. of the problem?
4: Well, because because you know that's programming on TV, and 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 it's not putting food on my table. Well,
3: well, 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 they're, but wait a minute, they're but a minute. The problem. so are you just bitter because you're not working in television anymore? No. Because because some no, people are employed.
4: I'm not employed. I'm hey, you know it's not just me.
3: Okay. okay but, you guys can turn this okay, around so on me. No, no, no. Sour. But, but I'm no, just, I can we're tell not, you how many
4: people you. are not working. It's not just me.
3: Yeah, but there are people that are employed by this show, myself included, that that are grateful to be working, and and you know, I mean, so there's. But no... that's
4: not to count for the probably fifty thousand that aren't that had to leave had to leave because reality TV came in maybe, and, and didn't either pay our rates or didn't have a place for us.
2: Maybe their show should have been better.
3: Huh, good point. Well, I mean, you know, it's it, it's
4: um, some of the shows that got canceled. They got canceled because the writers went on strike. Yeah,
3: but
2: some of the shows that the writers went on strike for came back to work when the show was when the writer strike was over. Some of them did, some of them didn't. They found a way. They, there was they, a reason not to bring them back, probably because they weren't profitable. Well, well how many great Jericho? shows went off that, the air? Jericho was a show that had a huge following. People
4: were were begging. They, People bought ads in in uh, they spent. They, they gathered money together. This, you know, their fans did, and, and put an ad: "Please don't cancel Jericho." And paid thirty thousand dollars to Variety.
2: They did and the same did thing do? with um, Firefly it. Journeyman too. Yeah, yeah
1: I
4: mean. Journeyman was really good. That went away. Those things. Pushing, went away. Those pushing were Pushing Daisies was one
2: of the most innovative shows I've ever seen. Got canceled for low ratings. It happens. The ratings are even That's HBO are getting it. Even HBO
4: is. Well, but what are we not getting? You're, you're, you're getting that the the Nielsen ratings are 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 not
2: I'm not no. I know not, that the Nielsen rating
4: they're, system is they're flawed. It's
7: like
4: the electoral vote, the Nielsen ratings, the I, trends, the arbitrends, they are not accurate
2: anymore. And I totally agree with that, totally understand that. As somebody that fought for years to try to become a Nielsen family because I wanted my opinion to matter. Now I see, you know, how it's devolved uh, in general, but then again, at the same time, you know, I don't want to watch most shows for long enough that it would take to register that Nielsen reading. Right, tell you what, though, Lindsay, we have to take a break. Our last break of the night, when we come back, we have a call, then we can wrap things up, okay? Okay. All right. Hang on. We'll be right back with more right. here on Spooky South Coast.
5: Turn on all your lights, lock the doors,
0: and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome
2: back to Spooky South Coast. Uh, Definitely a lively discussion tonight. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz, silent assassin Matt Costa, and Jeff Belanger here as well. Hey. And speaking with us is Lindsay Malone of Americans Against Reality TV, and we have probably our last call of the night because uh, we've only got about five or six minutes left here in the show. So let's go to the phones. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. Hello. All right, waited all that time. All right. Well, then we can probably squeeze in one more call, 508-996-0500, 508 Can I make a point?
4: Sure. I am not bitter because I don't have a job. I'm insulted that I have to watch reality crap on television. But you don't. I don't have to, but I like to turn on the TV. I'm somebody who likes to watch TV. Okay. So I'm having reality TV shoved down my throat like taxes. And I don't like it. Now as far as as far as what you guys are doing, um, I think the editing and the the spoofing it up, I mean, you know, if somebody wants to believe that, that's their own right. That's again, that's a demographic thing. You guys aren't on the networks. You guys really are off on your own thing. The travel channel I've done some work for the travel channel, um, back when they were doing things like sending us into the to you know, to South America to shoot different things and and um, the travel channel is a quality channel. Wonder um Right. <laughs> you know, back, back I mean, but you know, I just didn't. Ex- I didn't expect. Well, I guess it is a travel thing. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But um. But you're not really. You aren't really the problem. Well, thank you. You, you know, I again, I don't believe that the, the ghosts perform for the cameras. But you're not the problem. You're not what I am speaking out against. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking out against America's uh, great American hero. Remember, when you have the, the saw the people putting the tights on and jumping around like American, like Superman and stuff. And and um, who's got or the greatest Ralph dog Hinkley. and the cat dance and all that stuff? I'm I'm done with the, and the greatest losers and all that stuff. I'm done with that. That stuff is an is is, is an insult. It's affecting our children. It's affecting the way they're learning. It's affecting the, the population. It's making us
2: dumb. I'm I'm pretty sure it was called the idiot box well before reality program came yeah. on.
4: You're right, well, box. Let, let's didn't take didn't this have one so call, much Lindsay. Stupidity coming out of it.
2: Okay, let's take this one call. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? <laughs>
3: Same caller. See what happens? Yeah. As they I'm
2: start watching these shows. Them. They
4: Maybe it's a ghost.
3: Shocked into silence, clearly. I think it's a ghost. Oh, and they hung up.
4: Yeah, well, oh. they're just trying to communicate. They don't ever say much, do they?
3: No, not always. Sometimes no, we... No,
4: that's a ghost. We got one. We need Call a psychic.
2: We, we usually have a few in the... Uh, I'm in the
3: impressed. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> okay,
2: well, uh, we are pretty close to being out of time. Uh, Lindsay, we want to make sure that we give you a chance to let everybody know what your site is. You you referenced it a few times, but just give out the site for everybody so they can uh, log on and check it out.
4: It's myspace, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E. Um, it's just one word, Lindsay Malone, myspace, Lindsay Malone, and it's just a myspace page. And... Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of people that have that really appreciate the page and really really agree with me.
2: And you also have a, a blog talk radio program as well.
4: Yes, well, I'll be starting one. I've been in the process of starting one. I've I, I wrote some children's books um about the adventures of my bird. My bird is very adventurous.
3: Right. Awesome. And,
2: and so that's the 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 basis of the show is going to be discussing that or.
4: Um, no, the basis of the show is going to be about the reality TV and what it's doing to the, to the, uh to the, to the, to the,
2: to the pop, to the world. You know, after talking I mean, to you tonight, Lindsay, I don't know if you can, if you can fill a show talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, we kidding. could be, we could go on for three or four more hours tonight. There's so much to discuss about. Like I kept saying, you know, that's a whole topic for another show. I can just, I can just imagine.
4: Well, I'm going to have you on my show. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
2: I can only you imagine, do, though, like. Come on Come on. Come
3: on, my show.
4: You too, Matt.
2: I'm ready. All
3: right. Blog Talk Radio. Anytime.
4: Yeah, Blog Talk is pretty rocking. They're doing it, but it's it's yeah. public. It's like, can, can what, I, is, what, what, what is that, public television? Is L- public Lindsay, radio? I'm, I'm going
2: I'm to say something to you, What? and and, and, and I don't want to start a whole argument because we really have to go, Okay. Blog Talk Radio is taking jobs away from people in the radio industry.
3: Yeah. Um, we, Amen, brother. Uh, no, no. Talking um, to people
2: um, in the studio.
4: Regulation. Deregulation took jobs away from people in the radio industry.
2: Um, blog talk radio and and I'm sorry for the most part uh, I've listened to a lot of blog talk radio show those are people who really shouldn't be on radio I know I'm, I know I'm, 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 I'm sure you're going to do fine having talked to you tonight but I'm just saying there's a, a very great deal of show where it's just people that are doing
3: it I
4: know for the same I know guy laid you know, down the phone and walked off he said I'll be right back
3: that's so outstanding. That's, yeah. I may have been on that show at one point. I, really, I think I recall that.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and, and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future, either either on your show or you can come back to ours.
4: Oh, I'd love to. I had a great time. And, guys, don't take anything I said personally. Never, not. never. If, I had a really good time talking to you. Thanks if, for debating the issues with me. If and you took, have a have a good New Year.
3: If thank I took things too.
2: personally, I'd never talk to my parents anymore. <laughs> All right. Have a good okay. night. Bye-bye. That is... Lindsay Malone of the Americans Against Reality TV. Check out our website, myspace.com slash Lindsay Malone. That's Lindsay with an E and an E at the end of Malone. So. Jeff, is this kind of, you know, is this what you expect to hear all the time from people that are, are going to rail <laughs> against Ghost Adventures?
3: No, you know, I, I, I was surprised. I mean, she's definitely impassioned about, you know, what, what sure. she had to say, no question. Um, I, I guess I just am a big believer that the market will always sort things out, that at the end of the day, if people aren't watching a show, advertisers won't stand for their commercials being on that show, the show will go away, and the network will be forced to make alterations.
2: And, and not only do I agree with you on that point, but I think that... That being the case, Lindsay is going to be a lot happier soon because uh, people are going to start to get you know, choked out of this uh, reality TV genre. And I think next year is going to be the breaking point when we start seeing the loss of those 10 p.m. scripted dramas for whatever game shows, Jay Leno, whatever they're going to put in there. And people are going to start to say, hey, wait a minute. That's all I used to ever do with my life was watch those shows. What am I going to talk to my (laughs) wife about now in the morning?
3: Right, yeah, well th- there will always be something, thankfully, but you know th- and there's so many outlets now, but with the internet with youtube, you mm-hmm. know the, the youtubing of the world, uh you know, like I said earlier I've got a neighbor that is allowed to watch one hour of YouTube a night uh, for some people, they want nitty gritty, and I guess it doesn't get more real than youtube. You've got your neighbor with a camera <laughs> going somewhere and doing something and, uh, and it's up usually there. not that interesting, but, but it, not that interesting, but you can't argue with like some fat kid singing into the microphone in front of his computer gets eight million views. Whoa! You know, on YouTube,
2: I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that.
3: You were wonderful. Eight million <laughs> views. You realize that eight million? Uh, if a, a show on the Travel Channel or, or you know any one of the like the cable networks had eight million viewers, whoa, that we, would be huge.
2: We've had over sixty-five, seventy-five, eighty-five, a hundred thousand views of Matt Moniz's ghost coming out and performing for the camera.
3: Right. Yeah. There
5: on you on go. On cue. Well, it wasn't on cue, but <laughs> right. I know.
2: All right, well, that does it for this week's episode. Join us next week when we talk to Tim Miller about the hidden story behind what Gerald Ford had to say about the Warren Commission. So we'll be back 10 p.m. next Saturday night. Until then, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, for Jeff Belanger, I'm Tim Weisberg, and we want you all to stay spooktacular.
0: Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does it.